The Productive Woman, Episode 144. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. I am really glad you've joined me today. In this episode, we're going to talk about the words we use and how they affect our productivity. You'll find links to resources I recommend, some references that I consulted, and more information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 144. This episode is brought to you by Alt-MBA, an intensive leadership and management workshop designed for change makers who are eager to make a bigger impact. Alt-MBA is the creation of Seth Godin, who is a thought leader and best-selling author who wanted to bring the best of the MBA experience to those who can't or don't want to travel to universities like Stanford and Harvard to get their education. Alt-MBA is an intensive, immersive, four-week online experience. There are no lectures, no videos. The curriculum is entirely hands-on. More than 75% of your time is dedicated to actually working on practical projects that allow you to apply what you learn. And you're working on these projects with other leaders like you who are moving to the top of their respective fields and helping to support each other to become stronger cross-functional change agents. You're getting and giving feedback, constantly pushing ahead and creating a body of work as proof of what you've learned. Uh, the Alt-MBA program is not about passively learning. It's about actively putting those concepts into practice until they become a habit. And over a thousand people from around the world have done the Alt-MBA from a broad spectrum of professions and from the ranks of freelancers and corporations. Basically, if you're a leader and you want to become even better, this may well be just what you're looking for. So if you're a busy woman or man who wants to learn and grow as a leader and increase your impact in a busy world, then check out the Alt-MBA as a different way to level up. The summer sessions actually are full, but they're now accepting applications for the fall sessions. So to find out more, visit altmba.com slash productive women and make note of that, that it's women, not women. So altmba.com slash productive women. And for special consideration, you can mention this podcast in the application and tell them I sent you. All right, let's get into this week's episode. I was, this came out about because a week or two ago, I was journaling on about some things that I was dealing with at the time and just kind of thinking on paper, literally with paper and pen. And as I was writing my thoughts down, I found myself writing about how there were certain things I wanted to do, but I didn't have time. And I don't know why, you know, I mean, that's something we all say all the time, but that time it caught my, my own attention and I paused and thought, why, why am I saying that, that I don't have time? It got me thinking about how often, ha how, um, how often I hear phrases like that in my conversation with other people, how often I say them myself. 
And I thought about the impact those words have on our mindset and thus on our ability to accomplish the things we really care about. So I decided to spend some time really thinking and brainstorming some of the things that we say that can have a direct impact on our productivity, both in the sense of getting the stuff done we care about and just in general uh, of making a life that matters. And it turned into an episode uh, about how the things we say affect our productivity. So, so that's kind of where we're going today. And it, it starts from the belief, and I do believe this, that words matter. As a lifelong book lover, as a writer, as a lawyer, I believe the words we use matter. I think they're important. And as I've learned more about the way our minds work, I've become even more convinced of the importance of the words we choose. You know, why? Well, because what we say reflects our thinking, but it also affects what we think. What do I mean by that? Well, our words the words we choose to say, the things we choose to say, reflect or reveal our thoughts. They reveal what we're thinking, the mindset behind what we're saying. But even more than that, or the the flip side of it, I guess, would be the better way to say it, is that our feelings are driven by our thoughts, and our thoughts are words, right? We frame our thoughts through the words that we say, whether out loud or in our minds, or in what we write. So that's why it's so important that thoughts are words, they're expressed in words, they're articulated either internally or externally as words, and our thoughts, what we think about, drive or create the emotions that we're feeling. So that means that we can change our feelings or our emotions by changing our thoughts and we can change our thoughts by the words we choose to use. And we're going to, you know, we'll get, stay, stay with me here because we're going to get into why, why that matters and um, where I'm coming from on this, I guess. So like everything else, it's a matter of um, both awareness and intentionality. And we've talked about this in the past when we did our Mindset Matters uh, episodes, a series that we did at the end of 2016. Um, we talked about productive skills, productive habits, productive attitudes. These are in episodes like 108, 112, 114, and 115, productive beliefs. I'll put links in the show notes. But we talked about some of this about how important being both aware and intentional um, is in our productivity, in our journey to make a life that matters. And here, talking about or where uh, awareness applies is that in the sense of all the things that we say that we're not really thinking about, we're not consciously uh, choosing those words. Obviously, we do choose what we say, but we're not really aware of the meaning of our words or the impact they have both on ourselves and on other people. As I was uh, thinking about this, after I'd brainstormed some thoughts on it, I did some research as I do and looked for articles, what other 
thinkers have said about it. And I found an interesting article on goop.com. Some of you may have heard of this website. Um, and I'm not, you know, advocating for the site one way or the other, but I happened to run across this article called The Scary Power of Negative Words. And there was a lot of really uh, thought-provoking stuff in this article. Uh, one, of, one quote that uh, I thought was so relevant here was, uh, the writer said, how many times a day do we throw our words away? We say things like, I hate my hair, or I'm so stupid, or I'm such a klutz. And we never think that these words bring negative energy into our bodies and affect us on a physical level, but they do. And the article goes into more um, kind of the physics behind that. Um, I'm not sure I buy into a hundred percent into what the article says, but I thought that was so relevant. We throw our words away. We don't, we don't really think about what we're saying and what impact it's going to have. So awareness becomes crucially important, becoming aware of what we're saying and what it means and how it's affecting us. And the other piece of it is intentionality. We use words without thinking and they have an impact, but we can turn that around and on purpose choose words that will motivate us, keep us moving in the right direction, uplift us and, and keep us, you know, just keep us going. So some more of the things that, um, uh, something else that was said in that article, the scary power of negative words, just kind of reiterated what I already believed, which is, and I'm quoting here, words have power. Their meaning crystallizes perceptions that shape our beliefs, drive our behavior, and ultimately create our world. Their power arises from our emotional responses when we read, speak, or hear them. And you know, that's exactly what I was trying to say before that our words express what we're feeling, but they drive what we're feeling. Our thoughts create those emotions. And if we're speaking negative words about ourself, about our life, that's the result we're going to get. What's important, I guess, is to realize the impact of the things we repeatedly say to ourselves, whether consciously or sort of automatically or without thinking. Those things we habitually say dig in and create you know, neural pathways. They create trenches in our brain and true or not, they become our reality. That same article um, went on to say that some of us are in the habit of using the same negative words over and over again out of habit. And the problem is that the more we hear, read, or speak a word or phrase, the more power it has over us. And I'm going to, I'll share later on a, a more scientific article that I read that reiterates that. Um, and it says, this is because the brain uses repetition to learn. Searching for patterns and consistency is a way to make sense of the world around us. This is a, and I'm continuing from this article, uh, just because I thought she, the, the writer said it so well uh, in, in such a, you know, kind of concise way. This is a particular concern when we consider a phenomenon called the illusion of truth effect. It basically proves that any statement we read, see, or speak regularly is seen as more valid than one we're exposed to only occasionally. And amazingly, it makes no difference whether the information is true or false. The only thing that matters is how often we're exposed to it. So think about that for a minute. I'm going to talk uh, here in just a minute about some of the, some examples of the kind of things that we say to ourselves, 
without thinking about the impact of it. And the, the point of this uh, illusion of truth uh, principle or concept is that those things that we say to ourselves or that we say even just in passing without thinking repeatedly, they become part of, they become more real to us than other more positive things that people might say to us occasionally. And, um, you know, that goes on to say, if we're not fully conscious of what we're exposing ourselves to, consistency will trump truth every time. Okay. I want you to keep that in mind as we go into, as I share some of the phrases that came to mind of the things that we say that affect our productivity. And remember that consistency will trump truth. If you hear it often enough, and certainly if you say it often enough, it becomes, it becomes more impactful, has more of an effect on you than the truth. So even something untrue that you say over and over, uh, becomes real to you. So this article, um, you know, says, consider how many times you falsely called yourself stupid, untalented, ugly, or anything else. And you begin to understand how your internal propaganda shapes a false self image. And the article has a great list of some things that we can do. Um, um, you know, this whole, this whole episode isn't going to be about this one article, but there, I just wanted to lay some groundwork. And the writer of this article encourages us to avoid name calling or self criticism, to stop self deprecation and, um, you know, boost the positive energy of words and surround yourself with positive uplifting words. And I think all of those things are valuable and we'll get into, uh, I'll touch on, on it again later. Uh, as I said, the, one of the more scientific articles that I read uh, that talked about how our words affect our brains. So what are some of the things that we say that, um, uh, affect our productivity? These are things you hear all the time. Uh, that people say about themselves or about their their productivity, about their life. And the first one that I thought of was, I don't have time for, you know, whatever. This was the one I started to write as I was journaling that um, caught my attention, that really got me thinking about the topic of this episode. Because as uh, as I paused and looked at that, I thought, you know what, that's not true when I, the thing that I was talking about, that I was writing, that I want to do this, but I just, I don't even have time to do X. And I realized it's not true. I do have time enough to do what matters. We talk about this in the, in that Mindset Matters um, mini series that we did, uh, that we have time enough to do what matters most to us. The fact is we choose to do other things. I mean, you know, how many times, this is kind of a simple example, but how many times have you thought, you know, I don't have time or the energy to clean the house, but then the phone rings and somebody important to you is coming over in, you know, half an hour. And suddenly you make the time and you find the energy to do this thing that you just have been putting off because you didn't have time. And there are lots of examples of things like that. The truth is we say, I don't have time to do, you know, this, this hobby that is important to me or to go back to school or what, whatever the things are that you want to do, but you're not doing. We often, 
our, our, we say to ourselves and to each other, I don't, I just don't have time. But the truth is you do have time. I have time to do the things that are important to me if I choose to. Um, another one that we often say is I'm too busy or I'm so busy. And, you know, in 21st century culture, it's almost a badge of honor to be, oh, I'm just crazy busy. And, and I would challenge both you and me, because I say these things too, is to take a step back and say, all right, compared to what? I'm too busy for what? I'm too busy based on what? Compared to, to what? The fact is, you're exactly as busy as you've chosen to be. And we'll talk about this more later. Um, but may, what I try to say, I, I, I've been trying not to use that phrase, I've been too busy or I've been so busy. I, an alternative that I've chosen is um, to use sometimes is that week was very full. I, I don't know. I, to me, that feels a little more positive. I'd be interested to know if you can come up with some alternatives to I'm too busy or I'm so busy. Another phrase that we often use related to our, our time and our uh, productivity is I have to whatever. Um, there is a huge difference between the mindset of have to and the mindset of get to or even I choose to. The first Saying, I have to do X, abdicates your power and the responsibility for your own life. And I, I say you, but I'm pointing the finger at myself because this is something I say frequently and I've been trying to catch myself and rethink um, how I express this. The, the attitude of I have to do whatever it is, is again, it's a, it's a powerless attitude. It's an attitude of of pe passivity and letting somebody else decide for you. The, f the truth is almost anything that we uh, would say I have to do, we really don't have to do. We can choose not to. Now there may be consequences we don't like, but it's still a choice. And I would encourage you and me to think about that the next time we find ourselves thinking those words and instead of saying, I have to, as if it's being imposed on me, own the choice. I am choosing to do this because I don't like the consequences of choosing not to do it or, you know, whatever the reason is. But to think on purpose about why, why you're doing something, it's not being imposed on you, it's a choice you've made. Another uh, phrase that we often say when we're uh, working on goals, I hear this one a lot, uh, when we're, whether it's in a, a mastermind group or a coaching session or, you know, in my own life, this is one that I struggle with, uh, the, I don't know, or I don't know how, um, I don't, you know, I've got all these things I want to get done. I don't know how to manage it all, or I don't know how to do this thing that I need to do to accomplish my goal. The, the, re, the way this affects our productivity, if we're saying that is if it stops there it literally shackles our productivity. It means uh, I can't do it because I don't know how. I mean, we're saying we're stopping ourselves on the basis of not knowing something. And there are alternative ways of expressing that that maybe would be more positive and motivating. Instead of saying, I don't know how, maybe say, I need to learn how. 
I'm going to learn how, or how can I find out how to do this thing? It's, it's a small, maybe a subtle change, but it does have an impact. Um, another phrase that uh, I have found, I've heard a lot, <laughs> especially when people are asked to set a goal, is saying, well, I want to do X. And that seems like a perfectly uh, innocuous thing to say, but let's let's analyze it for a minute. Saying, I want to do such and such, kind of implies that whether or not you do it is outside of your control, or that you don't really want to commit. And I guess I would, I would offer that if it's worth setting a goal, it's worth committing to. So I challenge all of us to, before we say that, in the context especially of setting a goal or an intention for something, instead of saying, I want to do such and such, I want to work out three times next week, I want to reorganize my desk drawers, I want to do such and such next week. If it's going to be a goal, before saying it, pause and think, do I really care about accomplishing this? Am I prepared to commit to this? And if so, we change our words instead of saying, well, I want to do such and such to say, I will do this. I will work out three times next week on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday for 30 minutes each time. Or I will uh, clean out one desk drawer each day until my desk is cleaned out or whatever your goal is, the task that you've set before yourself to be, uh, the productive, I guess, phrasing there is to say, I will to make that commitment to yourself and then honor that commitment. Another, I'm going to say very unproductive phrase that, uh, I struggle with and, and am trying to be more conscious of is saying, well, I can't. I'd like to do such and such, but I can't. I'd like to accomplish such, such and such, but I can't. This, this has always been something I struggle with. It's, it's interesting. The, the person who used to teach me, uh, train my horses and give me riding lessons, uh, I always was, he, he would tell me something to do while I was in the saddle, and I'd say, I can't. And he told me one time that a teacher that he had read said something to the effect of I can't means one of two things. It either means you, I don't know how, in which case, let me teach you. This is from this teacher, or it means I don't, I, I won't. And in which case, let me spank you is, is the phrasing that he read in this book. And I just thought that was kind of funny, but an example of this was a, a person that I was talking with recently um, is constantly interrupted by people dropping into her office. And she noted that her male colleagues just tell these people, uh, no, that they can't come in outside of uh, certain times that are set aside for that. And she was, as she was describing this, she says, but I just can't do that. Well, uh, you know, th let's, let's pause for a moment. You can't, you physically, it's impossible it, the truth is you can, you just choose not to because you don't like the consequences. We're going back, you know, to the, the other thing that we talked about of I have to versus I, I want to or I choose to. So often we say we can't when the truth is we can, it's just hard. And our 
you know, our nature is maybe to avoid the difficult things. There was a, an article I read called Seven Steps to Positive Self-Talk that said, uh, and I'm quoting here, a common negative talk involves telling yourself, I can't. When you say to yourself, I can't, or it's too difficult, you're creating a resistance. And having such a mental block will prevent you from achieving a task you could otherwise achieve, uh, succeed at. And I thought that was really interesting. So just the act of saying, I can't, is creating and building that resistance in ourselves. And if we want to accomplish the things we care about most and make a life that matters, we have to be able to overcome that resistance that's there anyway. Anytime we're trying to do something new or, or different, there's going to be resistance. And we articulate it. Remember, I, I said at the beginning, the, the things we say reflect our thinking. Uh, and so we were thinking that or, or that thought comes to us and we say it out loud and it reinforces it and reinforces that resistance that's keeping us from accomplishing the thing that we really want to do. And so I encourage you, as I'm encouraging myself, to find other ways uh, to deal with that resistance besides giving voice to it, whether externally or in our own minds, and, and giving voice in the sense of saying, I can't. Another one, and this is the last example of something that I hear often, this is something I hear more often from women than from men, and that is, I should be able to do X. Uh, and that's in the context of because other people can. Uh, other people do it, so I should be able to do this. And examples of things I've heard, uh, more women, <laughs> I, I, I've literally heard women say this more than once, different, different women. My mother worked and still kept up, kept up the house without help, so I should be able to do it. I, so I feel guilty for hiring help. Uh, another example I've heard is the other women I know are able to stay organized and on top of things. I know I should be able to do that. And, you know, that's, this is all part of that comparison trap, judging ourselves and our, our worth by what we think other people are doing. And that's such a, um, unpro an unproductive path to go down. Um, and, and so the fact is, the truth is that what other people can or can't do is irrelevant. They don't have your life. They don't have your uh, talents, your abilities. They don't have your experience. They don't have your personality. Whatever other people are able to do really isn't relative, relevant to what you can or can't do. If, if we're going to say we can't, the, the, I would love to encourage everybody to set aside this idea of what you should be able to do and deal with the reality of what you are doing, what you want to do, and if you're not doing what you want to do, why? And and it should be because you, you know, the things that you are doing should be because you want to do them, not because you think it's something you should be able to do. We were having a conversation about that uh, just this thing in one of the mastermind groups that recently, and uh, one of the women said something, I wish I'd written this down, but I just remember I thought it was so good, something to the effect, uh, some a sign or a, a, a 
plaque that somebody that she'd seen on somebody's wall that said, thou shalt not should on thyself. And we all had a good laugh about it, but there you go. Um, Setting your goals based on what other people do or what you think other people are doing is a singularly unproductive approach to creating your life. Uh, It's not going to take you down a good path. Comparing yourself to other people never does. And we all do it. I'm not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody but myself. But again, what other people can or can't do or do or don't do is not relevant they're not living your life. And rather than shooting on yourself, do what makes sense for you in your life today, taking into consideration the facts that you're living within. So those, those are, I think there's like seven things that we talked that I mentioned that are examples of things that we say that impact our productivity Uh, because of the impact they have on our brain. I don't have time. I'm too busy or I'm so very busy. I have to do something. I don't know or I don't know how. I want to instead of I will when setting goals. I can't and I should be able to. What all of these things have in common is they are very passive phrases. They imply that things just happen to us that are beyond our control. And uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, we are relinquishing control of our own lives. But when we say these things and we're teaching our brains that, that we are sort of the passive inhabitants of our life. The truth is if we're too busy, we've done that to ourselves by choosing to take on more than we want to, or by choosing to let others choose for us or by choosing to not say no And saying no is hard for a lot of us. And and we talked about this clear back in episode eight. Uh, We talked about saying no gracefully. And in episode 68, it was one of the lies we tell ourselves um, that we can't say no. And and so I encourage you to, you know, take that power uh, not to be passive. Every one of these things, again, is a passive phrase that creates a mindset of life just happens to me and I have no control over it. Not true. In every one of those cases, we can take control and we can take that power over our own lives and create the lives that we want. Now, in all of this, I am not trying to stifle our feelings or say we should pretend. I'm not suggesting that we be phony in the words we use. I, I, I'm just, I just want to bring our attention to the things that we all say without really thinking about it and without being aware of the impact. We can say whatever we want. You can say, I can't. You can say, I should. You can say, I'm busy. Just be aware that you're doing it and in, aware of the impact that it has on the way your brain works and intentional about the things you say. To me, this is part of making a life that matters rather than waiting for it to happen to us or just taking whatever comes. It's part of living intentionally and creating on purpose and living life the way we choose instead of passively accepting or enduring what comes after us. It's so important. And I've said this before, and I have to continually remind myself. And it's so funny because 
because when I, I have my days, y'all, I do, when none of this work feels like it works for me and I, you know, I'm having a bad day and I'm saying all, you know, all the above. And my husband is, who is so funny, will remind me of the things that I've, I've said and, uh, kind of get me back on the right track. It's so important to remember that the life we live is the result of our choices, whether they're made intentionally or not. Even not choosing is a choice. Passivity is a choice. Inactivity is a choice. And so we can choose to do the whatever we want to do, but recognize that the actions we take create the world we live in. And those actions are driven by our emotions and by the words we say over time, the things we say over and over again, uh, those create the world we live in. They frame and affect our perception of our life, of ourself and our abilities. And I encourage you to find words that um, strengthen you, that empower you, that, that instead of I, I can't, we can say, I'm learning how, I'm, get, I'm getting better every day, I'm going to figure this out. Uh, I can choose to do or not do everything that's, you know, that I'm doing or not doing. But those words create the world we live in, and they, they affect our perception of the world we're living in. And if, if things aren't, you know, if things aren't going the way you want them to, and if you, like me, have developed habits of, of saying things in a more, framing things in a more negative way, and just, it becomes a habit, the good news is that even if we've created those, those habits, those neural pathways that are, that tend toward the negative and the unproductive ways of thinking, we can uh, and we do that by repeating, repeatedly saying things that have a negative impact, but we can change those habits. They can be changed. And this is a, an article that I thought was so interesting, and I'll put the link in the show notes, and I encourage you to check it out. It was not a terribly long article. It's called How Words Affect Our Brains. And one of the things I found most encouraging about it is um, is what it said about our ability to change our our pathways, our ways of thinking. And uh, I'll just share this one quote uh, where it says that neuroplasticity is the term used to describe how the brain continues to reinvent itself. Older, unused pathways fall away and new ones with repetition and focus emerge. Okay? It takes repetition and focus. So we go back to becoming aware of what we're saying and focus on changing it to, to move us in the direction we want to go. The article goes on to say, what we think about actually rewires our brains for better or worse. We now know that our choice of words has a direct and immediate effect on our emotional response and makes our brains inclined to respond to specific in specific ways. This is true whether we're reacting to spoken words delivered by someone else or to the inner self-talk that we hear ourselves saying inside our brains or inside our heads. I just thought that was so good that we can, what we think about can actually rewires our brains. It affects us and creates those pathways, but it can be changed 
if we are aware and intentional about it. So I encourage you in the next few days to really pay attention to the things that you're saying, either out loud or just in your own head, and consider whether those things are helping you accomplish what you care about and make a life that matters, whether they're helping you be productive in that sense of, of staying focused and energetic and, and, and determined and purposeful in pursuing the goals that you care about. Uh, and, you know, just keep track of it. Become aware. That's the first step, becoming aware of what you're saying. And then you can think about whether it's helping you or not and whether you want to change it. I'm, that's certainly what I'm going to do. So what do you think? Um, you know, are you, do you have a habit of, of saying things in a negative frame that, that maybe helps you not be as productive as you'd like to be? I would love to have your thoughts um, on this episode, on the things I've talked about. You can share your comments or your questions or your thoughts in the comment section of the show notes, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 144, or post a comment or question in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there or on the Facebook page. If you want to share your thoughts about this with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, if I could ask a small favor, um, help me spread the word, tell a friend about the productive woman, share, share an episode on your Facebook profile or on your Twitter feed. Every episode has those social sharing buttons that you can just click on a button. It'll create a little post for you to share. Um, I, I would like to involve more people in this conversation that we're having about making a life that matters. If you haven't already done so, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Uh, that's always helpful. I want to say a special thank you to Straight Lines Girl from Australia, who recently uh, left a review called Interesting Podcast Packed with Helpful Advice. And she, I assume it's a she because her, her username is Straight Lines Girl, said, I've only recently come across this podcast and I'm listening to all of the older episodes. This is a fantastic podcast that covers a lot of material that interests me with lots of helpful and practical tips that I can really use. Laura comes across as a caring person who relates the material to her own life and circumstances, so you know she's talking about stuff she really knows about. I'm so glad I found this. Well, Straight Lines Girl, I'm really glad you found it too, so thank you for that kind review. Um, and thank you to everyone who takes the time to leave a review or to send me an email or to share questions and comments on in the Facebook group. And y'all, if you're not a member of the Facebook group, Facebook group. Do join us there soon because uh, there's some great conversations going on in there. You can go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and that'll take you right to the, the where you can ask to join the group. Uh, don't forget to check out our sponsor, AltMBA, by visiting altmba.com slash productivewomen and see whether this new approach to leadership and management education is right for you. And thank you so much to Alt-MBA for supporting The Productive Woman. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you, as always, for spending this time with me. I, I hope you found it was useful. I hope there was something in it that, uh, you know, will make you think or give you something practical that you can put to use in your daily life. I love your feedback on this episode. This is, you know, this ongoing 
topic that I'm thinking about a lot these days, the way we talk to ourselves. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And in the meantime, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.com.